Get ready, you're about to enter the Renzo Republic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the one, the only Remso Republic podcast. I'm your host, as always, trying to make freedom fun again from an undisclosed, anonymous, secret, underground, brick-and-mortar location here in the one and only Commonwealth of Virginia. I'm your host, Remso W. Martinez. Welcome back. Season 3 is phenomenal. I'm so glad you guys are here. And as always, we're, we're picking up where we left off. I don't quite remember where we were last week, but, you know, the, the, the general gist is this. It's about making freedom fun again. We've had some phenomenal guests this season, and we're continuing to have some phenomenal guests talking about the things that you want to hear about while giving you the things you didn't even know you wanted to begin with. So it's a win-win magical experience for you, me, and everyone in between. Um. Big, big kind of annoyance I have. Okay, so I did a, I did a live AMA with a page called Ask a Libertarian, I think back in February. And uh, I want to give a shout out to the guys there. They're really awesome. Got some great views on that. And uh, it's, it's kind of like anything. You know, people complain about, um, you know, the RoboCops Detroit known as MySpace. They complain about... YouTube comments. Facebook is a bit of a cesspool. I, I really, I really hate Facebook. Um, not as like a thing itself. Yeah, they sell your data, they steal your stuff. But you know, I, I think, I think social media has made this so much worse, especially when it comes to politics. But when you look at the um, the overall people that really get into the nitty gritty on stuff online, you've got a large share of libertarians. You've got a lot, large share of socialists. And the libertarians, they can get pretty vicious. I'm probably not telling you anything you don't already know. But one comment I made during that AMA was that you don't have to be a libertarian party member to be a libertarian. You could be anything. I, I know someone who's a libertarian. They're part of the Democratic Party. I don't know how they justify those mental gymnastics. But, hey, they're cool and they're doing some neat things. Um, you know, I myself became a Republican in November, didn't really change much, but now when I go to Republican events, a lot of the neocons leave. So I like to think I'm doing my community service that way. And, uh, you know, we've got friends like my good old friend, Scott Rupert, who ran for Senate in, uh, in Ohio in 2016. And he's a libertarian. He's an independent. He's against the party process. And the reason why is because, you know, a lot of a lot of you have mentioned this to me in the private fan group, and I really appreciate it. But, you know, the, the biggest thing is this, and I'll echo this. It's that the ideas of liberty, free markets, tolerance, individualism, that, that stuff should sell itself. And there's a reason why it's not in terms of selling the Libertarian Party. It's not selling a individual person. Um, like anything, you know, you've got some cults of personality. You've got some tribalism here and there, but ultimately I think people who aren't even explicitly libertarian outright are doing more for the cause of freedom than those that spend all day as online activists and keyboard warriors trying to do that. I think that's what we do here because for the past season, I'll, you know, I'll even count season two. We, we don't even necessarily talk about politics anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much out of my campaign consultant days, especially ever since I saw get me Roger Stone. And I was like, I'm not going back to DC or Richmond. I'm not doing that. No, I can't. No, I love myself too much. I'm getting out of that. 
and with everything else. I mean, things have just changed. And I think I've been able to help shape the conversation, at least in my small sector of the world. But um, that, that's kind of like what I want to talk to you about tonight. You know, are we better just confronting the culture or is it worth investing time in partisan politics? To discuss that with me tonight is someone that definitely needs no introduction. You've probably downloaded his podcast for years. I remember listening to him when I was living in Alabama several years back because where I was at the time, Marion, Alabama, uh, about 30 minutes south of Selma, it took about an hour and a half to get to Tuscaloosa, the closest thing to civilization. And I would listen to an entire episode going down, an entire episode going back. I binge listened. I've been loving it ever since. You know him. You probably don't hate him because he'll probably meme you to death. Ladies and gentlemen, the <laughs> one and only Chris Spangle from We Are Libertarians. Sir, thank you so much for coming on the program. What an introduction. I need no introduction, uh, apparently, but I'm glad you gave me one. Thank you so much. Those are very kind words, and I appreciate you uh, listening to the show, and I appreciate you on Lions of Liberty recently calling Greg and I the MS-13 of the libertarian movement. That was a compliment, by the way. <laughs> uh, good. I'm glad, because I'd hate to take you out. Uh, <laughs> you should have seen what I've done to Michael Pickens lately. It's it's very, very rough. Uh no, I, I appreciate the uh, kind words, and yeah, we've done the podcast for five years, and we're loving it, and it's and it's so great to get to spend time with other podcasters, because it is amazing. When, when I started We Are Libertarians five years ago in May and March of 2012, there weren't really, it was the libertarian solution in us, and nobody had heard of us uh, until about 2013, uh, and now there's so many great libertarian podcasters like yourself out there who are educating people, connecting the movement, and being a positive voice, and, and I love it. I think it's such a great development in the liberty movement, and it's so beneficial. Thank you, Chris. I'll be sending you your pay and protection money later tonight. But um, Thank you. <laughs> but, I mean, that, that's the one thing I really enjoyed about your show early on because, you know, the, the thing I love about the Internet now, and I think the iTunes podcast section – where some of you should leave both of us a great rating and review or else he'll meet me to death and I'll go after and copy him as well. Um, the great thing about that is anyone and everyone anywhere can just start up a show and get it basically in front of millions of people potentially. But yours was the only real quality one I listened to. Now, the very first Libertarian podcast I ever really subscribed to was the Lions of Liberty and through them in the suggested section at the bottom of the main lines of Liberty page was we are libertarians. So I always bounce between your show and lions. But the thing that I really valued was that Mark Claire from lines of Liberty, he always did the interview format. So I felt like Mark was always introducing me to fantastic people and we are libertarians was where I could go to learn more about the stuff, but have fun at the same time because your show is as uh, one of my friends referred to it as half bullshit, half enlightenment, but a hundred percent fun. And that's what yeah. I try and echo sometimes. Now that, that, I mean, th that's something that you guys took a, a while to get to, but what kind of brought up the whole, you know, we should have fun, not take ourselves too seriously while also covering the big topics. So I initially started the, the podcast as a way to reach out to college libertarians because I was the executive director at that point for four years of the Indiana Libertarian Party. Full-time, I had done it for a career, 
And we were having a hard time engaging a lot of the y'all kids and in getting involved in the Libertarian Party. And I thought that this would be a fun way to kind of reach that group in, in a format that I love. I'm, I had worked at a news talk radio station for four years previously to that. And I now work for a nationally syndicated radio show, which is a comedy radio show and is, and is great. It's one of the best radio shows of all time and hugely influential to me. And since eight years old, I had wanted to get into radio. And when podcasting came about in 2005, I immediately wanted to start a podcast. But I had no idea what I wanted to actually cover. And I went to work at this news talk station and realized I just didn't have any depth to me. And I had no ability to give analysis because I didn't know anything. And then working at the Libertarian Party for, you know, as a full-time job, you get quite the education because you're the only one doing everything and interacting with hundreds of people. And it was such a great, great uh, benefit to me and, and to our listeners now because I have that experience. And I think that that is part of what has set We Are Libertarians apart from other podcasts, your podcast as well. You know, people who have political experience uh, can give you deeper information than people who just want to start a podcast with their friends. So I had the benefit of having, over the course of the last 15 years, experience as a reporter, a radio producer, a political operative, uh, a person who interviewed people out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I had a, I had a pretty deep resume, and that helped me shape what I wanted to do. Uh, the, the, the reason the show has gotten, I think, a little more irreverent. You know, the tagline has always been all of the irreverence modern politics deserves because we never wanted to take ourselves too seriously. The libertarian movement is so deathly afraid of being embarrassed or uh, being being not not being taken seriously or, or not measuring up to whatever standards your Republican Facebook friend who's never going to join the libertarian party says, this is why the libertarians don't win. Like, that's all bullshit. At the end of the day, people just want to laugh. I mean, the Internet really boils down to two things. People want to laugh or come. And I'm not very good looking. I hope I can say that on your podcast. But you know, <laughs> so I can at least make people laugh uh, along with my friends. We've got a great ensemble of people. I, I chose to build an ensemble cast because I was deeply inspired by the show I work for, by the Howard Stern show. I love weirdos. And I just think that uh, friends sitting around a table telling each other stories and talking about things as normal people do is much more interesting and engaging than if if it's just me talking in, into a microphone or if it's me just interviewing people. Uh, because there's a lot of great people like Mark, like yourself, like Tom Woods, who do interviews. And so I just didn't want to do another one of those. Um, you know, we've done interviews uh, and we're going to do start doing more. Um, I just saw the, the Roger Stone documentary on Netflix as well. And I want to, I want to talk to Roger Stone. And so oh, we're going to, th that thing horrified me because I saw a little bit of myself in him. I saw a whole bunch of people I knew who acted just like him. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I need to I, stay away. I recorded pieces uh. of it on my phone, posted it to Instagram. It's like, this dude's awesome. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm completely effed up as a person, but, <laughs> but yeah, like, and, and uh, I went through a divorce in the middle of these five years and a lot of therapy afterwards. And that has kind of loosened me up a lot. And uh, so the wheels have kind of come off over the last uh, year. And, you know, if you go back and listen to episode two of four, where we talk about the history of pot, it is all this deep information about how pot became illegal and drug war statistics between Greg and I, who don't even smoke pot, interspersed with a conversation between two complete burnouts that are on our show all the time. 
Tanner and James talking about whether Hank Hill was a cuck. Uh, we shouldn't get rid of the war on drugs because of Dog the Bounty Hunter's wife's boobs. They, those, they're a public service, and so we need to support them. As, and it's just, you never know what you're going to get in an episode, and novelty is hugely important. And so there is some science behind what we do. We want to ingratiate you to the characters in the first 20 minutes, make you laugh, and keep you on your toes. Novelty is what keeps people listening to every episode uh, while getting quality information that you can you can learn from. And so uh, we've, we've really built a formula over the last few years of entertainment and information, and we're being rewarded with it. We're adding 1,000 people a month at this point. We just hit 8,000 downloads per episode. Uh, we're growing about 1,000 per month uh, since the election. And... And we're really starting to hit our stride. And and Greg and I had a meeting today after our podcast. And, you know, we're going to continue to do more of that and go deeper and give you more and more information um, while being completely stupid, you know. And, and, and it does bother me that sometimes we are known as the meme guys because, oh, they're not serious. Because I think if you listen to one of our episodes, you learn a whole lot. You oh, learn yeah. a ton about libertarianism or, or current events. The, the focus of the show has always been about current events. It has always been, we've always tried to position it as Meet the Press has a baby with Mad Magazine. You know, <laughs> and so <laughs> it, 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 we're, we're explaining current events because it's much harder to do that, okay? It's much harder than sitting down and talking about the broad strokes of the libertarian philosophy. But I just don't think that's where people live. And so 2013, after I left the Libertarian Party of Indiana, I went to work for the Advocates for Self-Government. And I worked there in 2013. And my job was uh, take Hitler to Libertarian in two minutes. That was the goal that I was given. And it was incredibly difficult to do. And it made me think a lot about Libertarian messaging and take a look at what I had done in partisan politics and what I was doing in the think tank space, and none of it worked. None of it really seemed to work. And my appearances on comedy podcasts that are connected to my day job made way more libertarians. My podcast has made way more libertarians than my time at the Libertarian Party of Indiana. You know, it's, it's just that people get into their philosophical camps and shut down and stop listening when they hear that you're from a political party. But yeah, Chris, real fast. I want to talk yeah. a lot more about that, but we've got to hit our first commercial break. Folks, Absolutely. Hang on tight. Got, we have Chris Spangle from We Are Libertarians. We'll be back in the moment. Let's make freedom fun again. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Ribs of the Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty, rock and roll. Make sure to visit libertarianwingmedia.com, where you can find articles written by libertarians all over the world on all of today's issues. Check out our podcast network with monthly and weekly podcasts. Check out our libertarian t-shirt store with t-shirts like Make Markets Free Again 
and make markets, not war. And you too can become an author at Libertarian Wing Media and write what you want, when you want. Just email alexmerced at alexmerced.com. Thank you very much. the show. We're continuing our conversation from earlier. Um, Chris, I'm going to give the floor right back to you, but just kind of like jump in real fast. Earlier, you, you mentioned that people will talk to individuals about politics, but typically when you bring up the whole partisan end of it, that typically ends the conversation. I completely agree. Um, from my time as an activist and consultant, I saw that real fast. But, you know, talk radio is one of the things that influenced me the most. And being here in Virginia, um, I think naturally one of my role models in terms of how to entertain and inform was actually Joe Pags from the Joe Pags show. And yeah. Joe Pags isn't a libertarian, but I've, you know, I would come back from event after event, fundraiser after fundraiser for, you know, a whole slew of races. And I'll listen to Joe Pags. I'll learn, I'll laugh, I'll come to my own opinions on things. But when he'll bring in a guest, he'll bring in people who are hardcore Democrats and people that just really didn't care about things. And they'll say, Joe, I really appreciate you because you got me thinking. I really appreciate you because I laughed, I learned, and now I'm passionate about something in the political process. And uh, that's that's kind of like where I want to just kind of twist things a little bit because you mentioned how you were the executive director of the Libertarian Party of Indiana. Going forward, I feel like now I know there's constantly a schism within schisms within schisms of libertarian thought in the country. But what I'm seeing is now is you've got the guys that want to go ahead and engage the culture. And then you got, you have the guys that just want to focus on the libertarian party and why not? You've got the Paul bots out there. Love them yeah. to death, love them to death. But I've come at it from this approach. I'm a Republican now because I'm getting some stuff done with the Republican party. I was a card-carrying libertarian for most of my young adult life. I've worked on Republican races, libertarian races. I managed an independent candidate, and I've supported a green candidate at one point in my life because my biggest thing was you've got to go where the fight is, and you've got to go where you could push things in a better direction in which people are freer. So I guess my biggest thing is this, and I think I know your answer based off what you mentioned prior to the commercial break, but... Should we be focusing more on engaging the culture, like what you guys are doing at We Are Libertarians, or should we focus more on just growing a dead party? Uh, I, I would I would argue with the fact that the Libertarian Party is a dead party. I think that there is still still some hope there. I think that it's it's got it's it has to change its culture. Um, you listen to if you talk to Chris Fleener or if you talk to Judd Weiss to get into interparty skirmishes. Both of them, at the end of the day, will say the same thing, that the Libertarian Party sucks, the culture sucks, we need to change it, even though they both hate each other and they're on the opposite ends of some infighting uh, and have very different experiences. And there's a lot of people in every area who who just don't like the culture of the liberty movement at large and the Libertarian Party in particular. And that is not the fault of Nick Sarwark, who has been an exemplary chairman, by far the best chairman in the 10 years that I've been in the party. 
Uh, he is making great hiring moves. People like Jess Mears, Jen Gray, possibly like the people that are just all stars. Uh, and the office, I think, is doing a really decent job. But at the same time, the culture at these local parties at the local level really are tough. And that's why I'm I'm actually on my state committee as of last month because I want to get involved and be in, in, be a part of that change because I believe in a third party. I believe that that is the best driver for change. Now, uh, I, I don't know how long they'll let me do that. They'll probably kick me off because of my podcast. I learned from Wayne Allen Root that you can't be a commentator and a party uh, official. Um, but because of statements like this, I, I think that it is perfectly acceptable for you to be a Republican or your friend to be a Democrat and make change where that they see fit. Okay. I am at, I, I am for liberty advancing. Uh, I am for liberty advancing and, uh, it doesn't matter what party, it doesn't matter if you're not even in a party, you know, my best efforts, my 10 to 20 hours a week on libertarianism are best spent on my podcast because God gifted me with the ability to never shut up as your listeners can hear me filibuster. <laughs> you know, it is, it is what I am good at and it's I'm good at digital media and building platforms. And so I'm applying those skills to the libertarian movement. There are accountants who are good treasurers for a campaign. Uh, it, it is about taking your skill set and applying it to the movement in the best way possible. What I have never been able to tolerate, and it started back in 08, and, and it's just grown, and it's just, you know, it, 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 it may be getting slightly better now, but Back in the early days, especially the 2012 days of Ron Paul's campaign, the the Liberty Republicans, the Republican Liberty Caucus people with their smug attitude towards Libertarian Party people and Libertarian Party people saying, Ron Paul, you shouldn't vote for him because he's not a Libertarian Party candidate. It's like, get over yourselves, OK? Everybody just be nice to each other. And if that's what they want to do, go for it. Because the next generation, our generation, Remzo, is so libertarian that all those buckets can be full. But it's going to take us not being a bunch of, bunch of dirtbags to each other. Um, and uh, listen, I, I am known for uh, infighting and being divisive occasionally, and I don't mind that because I treat people the way that they treat me. And if you treat I'm, – I'm a lot like Donald Trump. If you hit me, I'm going to hit you back, and it's going to hurt. Uh, I think that's perfectly – but I never go out and pick a fight. Uh, you, you are perfectly nice to me. I've never, I have no reason to meme you, uh, <laughs> or to, <laughs> to be mean to you. But, uh, you know, there are people like when you, when you jump on somebody's thread and they say something that is, you're trying to, you know, have a discussion with them and they just flare up emotionally, start calling you fat. Maybe not you, but I me, mean, I get weight jokes and it, it's not that it's hurtful. It's like, okay, that's unoriginal, but it's just I'll go dickish. Back like it, it just goes nowhere. Right. And so it's just what I have found in the libertarian movement is a lack of emotional maturity. And a lot of it is that people who were never effective in their own party come to the libertarian party to be a big fish in a small pond and they bring their emotional overreactions with them. And that is a that is a big that's nothing that we can change as a party. But we we can say, hey, we, we're not going to tolerate this. You know, you, you need to be an adult. And. Um, I go back and forth as, as I'm sure most of your listeners do about time spent on the libertarian party itself. Uh, is my time worth it when I'm, when I'm giving so much in a different area? Um, I don't know. For the last five years, I've chosen not to spend 
a lot of time in the party. Right now I am, you know, because my circumstances have changed. The leadership has changed and I want to be a positive force for good in my local party. Uh, and that may change at some point, but right now this is where I'm at. And so I'm not going, you know, and if it ever changes like it did in the past, I didn't trash the party. I didn't trash the people that I care about that are actually working hard. I didn't try to demotivate people. You know, these broad statements when people go, I am leaving the libertarian party because blah, 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 blah. It's just, again, you're making it about you, you know, and, and you see, uh, it's like when James Weeks did his little striptease, that's about James Weeks. That's not about the entire party. Let's stop making all of the Libertarian Party a joke because one dude did a strip, strip tease. Let's grow up a little, you know, and look at your friend who is a diehard Republican saying on your Facebook wall, this is why Libertarians can't be taken seriously. Just look at him and go, no, mf you're never going to vote for us anyways. Your opinion doesn't matter to me, you know, and so, <laughs> you know, maybe that's not totally mature. Maybe leave the mf out, but we have to realize. Oh, no, I think the mf really, you know, helps, you know, add some something to the context. <laughs> But but my point is, is just stop trying so hard to be liked. Like, you know, just enjoy yourself. Have fun. This is about fun. And a lot of the meetings that I have been to in my local party across the nation, Libertarian Party meetings are not fun. You know, they're in libraries or restaurants and it's the same five people. And then somebody shows up and everybody's just talking about the nap. And then that person bounces after after a year of trying to make change because they don't see any change happening because it's just not it's it's not fun you know or it's it, we're not doing much and we're fighting with each other so i'm now rambling but i i hope that you can pick some point out there i at the end of the day no i don't believe that political action is the best way to make change but mostly for myself okay for other people they should run for office because they're talented at that there's a guy that ran for office here named Chard Reed a couple cycles. One of the most gifted uh, campaigners I've ever seen in my life. He should have run for office. He never could have been an executive director or a podcast host. You know, so it, it really falls in line with what your gifts are. Exactly. No, I agree with you 110%. And we're going to go ahead and keep this conversation going. But folks, we got to hit our final commercial break to pay the bills around here and keep producer Ryan from starting a union of one. Hang on tight. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, it's Jen Gray with the Leading Liberty Podcast, and you're listening to Remso Republic. Visit RemsoRepublic.com for all available content. Hey guys, Tim Preuss here, and I wanted to take a minute and invite you to stop over to PreussPodcast.com and give our show a listen. We've got in-depth commentary on the issues that matter to you. These hookers, <laughs> fucking whores, are out there. These They're... hookers, man, I tell you. Yeah, that's like the most contact I've had with the hooker. Is them yelling at you. yelling at me on Twitter. <laughs> we break down the most pressing issues of our time. This what? large lady with, like, tight clothing on. Not appropriately linked tight clothing either. And we get the most intelligent analysis from friends of ours like Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, you pulled over engine trouble and, and what happened, what happened? Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, I, oh, God. Seriously, though, we love putting on a show that both entertains and educates. We're growing and we'd be thrilled if you joined us. Check out PreussPodcast.com for more. That's P-R-E-U-S-S podcast.com.
Make sure to subscribe to all the podcasts on the Libertarian Wing Media Podcast Network on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher, such as the Alex Merced cast, with interesting interviews with interesting people every week. Breaking progressives, spending time every week breaking down left-wing narratives and showing what's real and what's fake. Economics Why Not, a weekly look at economics and applying economic principles to daily life. Better Today, a weekly podcast where we take a look on ways to improve your life and be better today. Libertarian Commons is a podcast where we play audio from the video archives of Alex Merced from his videos dating back to 2008. Liberty Public Access, a podcast where anyone can submit an episode. Submit your episodes to Alex Merced at alexmerced.com. Have you been wanting to start your own podcast? Then subscribe to Podcast and Blogging Tips and Tricks, a weekly podcast about how to host your podcast, how to produce your podcast, and how to market your podcast. We'll be adding some monthly podcasts to the lineup soon, including Make Markets Free Again, a monthly look at what's going on in markets and regulation all over the world, and the Free VST podcast, looking at free VST instruments for electronic music producers. Listen to these podcasts by going to libertarianwingmedia.com or subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And if you enjoy the podcast, tell your friends and leave a positive review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Are you looking for a podcast that represents life, liberty, and free movement of ideas? Well, look no further. The Classical Liberal Podcast is here for free speech and the latest in American politics. Come tune in for liberty with Alex Shaw at theclassicalliberal.weebly.com. That's classicalliberal.weebly.com. Folks, we've got a few minutes left, so I want to go ahead and just kind of lighten up things from here. Um, you know, Chris, the one thing I love that you kept mentioning towards the end of the last segment was it's it's about making things fun again. And I remember about a year a year ago, a year and some months ago, when we started the podcast, it was just uh, my brother Ryan, who's the show producer, and I. We were floating around the idea. We had spent six months learning everything we needed to get a podcast, not just to start up, but to actually make sure people would listen. And this is around, I call it my last campaign because it was the last time I was a staffer, but it was around the last campaign I was a, a manager for. And um, I, I remember I had just, around that point, I, was le- I had just left the Libertarian Party. I was just a grumpy person. I announced I'm doing the podcast and everyone's like, oh, you're wasting your time. Oh, it's it's Remso focusing on himself and not on the grander thing. And right. I mean, it was it was a it was a personal journey for me. I mean, this is um, this is something that is part of me, and it's one of the reasons why I like to work because I think my work helps contribute to my show and helps contribute to the broader conversation. But flash forward, now I've got people that want to talk about topics that aren't necessarily as serious. But they're sometimes frivolous just for the sake of being frivolous, and it gets people engaged. And somebody was like, you know, Remso, you're a political podcast. You do pop culture and politics from a political angle, you know, a libertarian angle, but you have on comic book artists. You have on paranormal guys. You have on... 
people who are cosplayers. Why do you do that? My biggest thing is if I can get someone who loves the paranormal to come and listen to my show for an episode or loves cosplay or comic books and they come and listen to that one episode, I'm hoping they'll tune in next week when I'm talking about gun rights or a week after that when I'm talking about a phenomenal candidate or if I'm talking about um, you know, the founding charters and documents of our nation or something. It's about engaging that and having fun. And I think that's something that we've been discussing back and forth, but I, I think what I'm helping do is combat the stereotype that libertarians don't want to have fun. Do sure. you think that's an actual stereotype? I, I don't think it's a stereotype. I think it's something that I have learned the hard way <laughs> over my <laughs> 10 years around libertarians. They're, they're uh, uh, some of the most humorless people on the planet, and that's why uh, we offend people by making jokes about, you know, like Greg being autistic. But uh, it's out of love. Listen, I love libertarians. I love my people. But sometimes they're a little too literal. Yeah. I'm, I mean, it's just if you're not having fun doing the things you're telling everyone else to do, I don't think anyone will do it. Like no one ever went near a garbage truck and saw the people there smiling and said, I want to go pick up garbage on the side of the road. I mean, no one ever did anything they hated and then said, look, you need to do exactly what I'm doing. And I mean, it's like people, you know, I, I love, I love memes and stuff online that make fun of communists and social justice warriors. But when you look at libertarians, it's that, you know, it seems like they're always screaming online. It seems like when you talk to them in real life, they're trying to shove 300 years of natural rights theory down your throat. I mean, it's one of the reasons why, you know, I love Reason TV and I love a lot of the, the Beltway guys. But it's just like I, I can't I can't go to a random high school in the Midwest and just start talking like some of these people do. I mean, kids love South Park. Um, you know, I think the fidget spinner has done more to show why free markets are great because they're giving products to the masses that they didn't even know they wanted versus right. throwing a copy of um, Wealth of Nations at somebody. I, I've never read a Mises book. Uh, I've never read Rothbard and I probably won't. I'm just uh, too. But I try to find people who have people who are smarter than me on my podcast. But I also find people like Miranda. You know, we have a podcast, Miranda's World, around her life as a stripper. And she's an insane person, and she has a lot of interesting points of view. I had a podcast with a trans friend of mine who who is an insane person, James Neese, one of the smartest human beings to ever live on the planet, but he's also 4chan walking. I mean, he's just 4chan if it were a human being, and he's <laughs> and weird, you know, Tanner, who's incredibly bright, but also a complete stoner, uh, sounds like a stoner, yet really smart. And so... You know, the, these are people that if you want to have a podcast and be taken seriously, you should not be talking to a stripper. You're setting the Libertarian Party back, you know, and and that's when that episode dropped. I think it was episode 198, maybe like I took so much crap from fellow Libertarians because it's but you know what? It's one of our highest downloaded episodes. And this is what you learn. Just be yourself. Do what you want to do, because somebody out there will enjoy what you have to say. And you, you have to find the comfort level with being yourself. So I work in the comedy as a industry. I talk to a lot of open mic and professional comedians. And it takes them a long time to find their voice. And what that means is that they just get comfortable with themselves. 
and they say what they want to say, and then they'll build an audience around other people having the same type of humor as they have. You know, so do I take crap for our show being irreverent or vulgar or whatever? Of course I do. Do you think I care? Absolutely not. Because but that's what makes it so awesome, though. Scoreboard, because people don't have the guts to have a stripper on their show to talk about the women's march. People want to have on some SJW feminist. And you know what? The fact that uh, Miranda is one of the strongest women I know. She has built her life from the ground up with no help from anybody. She is the ultimate feminist. And nobody is going to sit there and give her a voice. And so I can and I want to. And she's fun and she's hilarious. At one point, she took her boobs out. Greg and I just audibly couldn't talk because we're libertarian nerds. Like, we've never seen those before. Like, it was just, it was, <laughs> but it was a fun episode. It was weird. And, you know, same with the pod episode. And we're doing things that are not appropriate for political talk. And, a lot of that was inspired by Glenn Beck. You were inspired by PAGS. I was inspired by Glenn Beck and Neil Bortz. And, uh, you know, I I think that we're finding our voice. You're going to find your voice if you haven't already, where you just go, okay, I'm ready to do this now, and I don't care if people aren't going to take me seriously. The older people in the local Libertarian Party wonder what the hell happened to me. Uh, and I'm okay with that because I don't, at the end of the day, I don't care because every Thursday night at 7 p.m., my friends are going to show up here. And I can tell you that in uh, 2014, when I was going through my divorce, it was very difficult. If you look at the frequency of episodes in 2014, it's very minimal. And it was because it was not only emotionally difficult, it just hurt. It just, I, I just had nothing left. Uh, so, so to talk politics when you're in the middle of your life falling apart, sucks. And uh, I seriously, at many points over the last five years, but especially during that time period, have thought about ending We Are Libertarians. Uh, and I don't because it's fun, because my friends come over and we hang out and we have social events together and it's our social circle. And uh, uh, we produce this great thing that other people enjoy and get something out of. But the main driver is that me and my friends do it together. Uh, and it, it doesn't matter what your thing is. If your thing is a libertarian book club, then there's no shame in that. Be, be nerds. Be dorks. Who cares? If you love Rothbard, if you love reading Mises, and that, that's what you want to post about every day on your Facebook page, do it. Don't apologize to anybody for that. You'll find your people. You know, I found my people because I just said, this is what I like to do. Does anybody want to help me? And people came along and started doing it. And, and you know, there, there have been... Um, people that haven't stuck around and you know you just you're you're always kind of refreshing your your crew your social circle like anybody else and uh that's the most important thing is that if people enjoy meeting friends when they come to your libertarian convention or your republican young republicans meeting like that's what's going to bring people in just be yourself do your thing don't apologize to people and you'll attract the people in your life that you want exactly and I could tell you, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, as a, as a former college freshman that had to drive an hour and a half just to find the McDonald's in the middle of God knows where, in the middle of the South, your show definitely showed me that, one, I was not the only libertarian out there, but two, you know, you can have fun where you can't typically find it, but you have to make it yourself, and that's ultimately the biggest joy. So I, I thank you, Chris, for being a trooper and everything else. Tell Greg... Love the show and definitely keep doing what you're doing. But speaking of that, how can people listen if they haven't already been subscribing to your show for as long as I have and everything else? Go ahead and plug everything, man. 
All right. You can find everything at wearelibertarians.com. You can search for us on any platform. We're there. Like us on Facebook. Download the podcast. Get the other podcast. You're you're free to follow me on anything, Greg, as well. Uh, we have a Facebook group if you want to join other uh, libertarian psychos like ourselves. Uh, so, yeah, please, please do. Please share with your friends if you already listen. The only way that we grow is by you telling your friends about us. Same with Renzo. Uh, it is just incredibly important that you help us grow. If you like the people that make content for you and you get something out of what Renzo does, what I do, what Tom Woods does, what Jason Stapleton does, go support them. And that's share with your friends. That's the lowest barrier to entry to say, hey, I love this show. These guys are hilarious. These guys inform me. And uh, who gives a who gives a crap if your aunt doesn't like it? <laughs> you know, and that's I think the biggest message that I want to give to the libertarian movement is stop apologizing for being yourself. Exactly. Chris Spangle from We Are Libertarians. Sir, thank you so much for coming on the program. It's been an absolute blast. All right. Thank you so much for having me on. Folks, I, I'm going to say this every episode until I just feel like I don't have to say it anymore, but make freedom fun again. That's the only way things happen. It's about creating the world that you want to see. And ultimately it's fun. I say fun and people are like, well, why should it be fun? And we should do this for the pragmatic reason or the utilitarian reason. It's because human beings like to enjoy life because if you're not enjoying life, then you've got to change something. And if you see the change in yourself, make the change in yourself. If you need to see the change in your community, go out and change the community. But it comes down to this. You can make the changes in the world you want to see. And shameless plug, I need money for something I broke in the studio. So that's one way you could do it and help the show grow if you like our conversations. If you want to go ahead and help us another way without dropping down a few, you know, muchos dineros right there, go ahead and follow us online. Follow me on Twitter at Remso101. I'm on Facebook, folks, at Remso W. Martinez, R-E-M-S-O. And as always, Google, iTunes, Stitcher, um, Tune in, the Player FM, Auto Radio, and my favorite, the Self Defense Radio Network. We're everywhere all the time. And if you can't find us where you want us, go ahead and double check again at remsorepublic.com. As always, be good to your neighbor, treat yourself every once in a while, and tune in next week. I'm Remso W. Martinez. Good night, America. Stay connected to Liberty's Rabble Rouser on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes, blogs, and other available content. What are you waiting for?